Welcome to the CIO Evolution. In this podcast, we'll explore the Chief Information Officer's role in executing a new ongoing leadership imperative, digital transformation that promotes agility and resilience. How do CIOs upgrade legacy networks? What are the financial challenges CIOs face? And what are the security measures that are required in the new work-from-anywhere mobile and cloud-based world? Welcome to another episode of the CIO Evolution. I am your host, Christopher Jablonski, Director of CXO Revolutionaries at Zscaler. Today, we welcome Liz Ramey, Senior Director of Content at Ivanta to the show. I'm very excited to have her here because she is pretty much doing very similar work to what I'm doing at Zscaler. In this episode, we're gonna dive into the role of the CIO. We're gonna talk about their challenges, their opportunities, concerns, and motivations to get a better sense of how communities like ours and peer-driven insights better serve them. Liz, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. So you work at Ivanta, which is a Gartner company. I'm not sure how many years ago it was acquired but you create these exclusive communities of C-level executives. I've been to one of your events recently in Minneapolis, the CIO Inner Circle, it was great. And you have these events throughout the world where you bring these executives to share ideas, validate strategies, and solve some challenges. So as a content leader, can you tell us about what you do at Ivanta specifically? Yeah, absolutely. So as a content leader at Ivanta, We align ourselves uh, really closely with Evanta's business model, uh, and that is uh, by CIOs for CIOs. So I have a team of of content managers who work with these CIOs in each of our communities to put together agendas that are going to help them really um, understand their priorities better, help them overcome their challenges. And we do this by like through a survey, what we call our leadership perspective survey. And then we also gather qualitative information through phone calls. So our responsibility is to ensure that we build an agenda that the CIOs really define um, and curate and want to see to help them with their priorities, goals, and their challenges. Right. Well, that sounds very familiar to me. And Zscaler, <laughs> we're doing very similar things and we're happy to be partnering to amplify the efforts. So you mentioned the, the leadership, was it priority survey? Perspective. Perspective surveys. Mm-hmm. And you have published many pieces of content based on the insights from these surveys. And you shared several with me, and I explored the top priorities and trends that you've seen. Uh, For instance, in April, you wrote that CIOs continue to focus on driving efficiencies, growth, digital acceleration, et cetera. And now we're a half year later. What are you seeing within those priorities that may have been unexpected or, or noteworthy today? I love this question. Um, so thank you for asking it. I think it it kind of implicitly recognizes that change does happen and can happen in a short period of time, even at an enterprise level. Uh, and so I would say if I if I'm looking at it kind of a before April and after April, I talk a little bit about the changes. The biggest shift that I've seen in those enterprise priorities that that you listed. Uh, I don't think it's going to be surprising due to the economy, but the 
biggest shift that I've seen is an increased focus on optimizing and reducing costs. So in the second half of the year, this priority has leapfrogged digital business acceleration and customer experience, placing it at number three on our on our survey. What is really driving the fact that it's all about cost optimization right now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's due to a lot of different economic factors. Um, I think that uh, you know they're they're planning for planning for a recession. You know, there's this interesting equation of we've at, we ask our CIOs about their budgets, about their opex and their capex, and and those have increased. But when I look at a Gartner survey and that says the CIO's budget has increased about five percent and inflation is at 8%, realistically, their budgets kind of seem to have gone down um, if you look at it like that. So I I think they have to be really careful about optimizing costs and, and ensuring that they're, um, you know, being, being really frugal when we're kind of staring down a, a possible recession if we're not already in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One thing I've seen is rationalization across infrastructure is a key driver, right? Because regardless of where the economic situation is, you need to think about platforms, right? Instead of point solutions, that's one thing that came out of some of the discussions we've had with uh, CXOs. Yeah, I had a, a CIO just the other day on a call say, um, this year it's about people process and cost optimization. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was, which I thought was pretty funny, but um, I would say, I, I would say Chris that, so we, we ask in our survey, we ask about their enterprise priorities. And I think something that would be valuable for you to hear as well as, as well as your audience is we also ask them about their, their functional priorities. Um, and that's where I've seen definitely some interesting shifts. One, probably not surprising if we look at it from before April and after April is AI and machine learning, which has, which has moved up on kind of the, to the top 10 list. But the two things that I found were really surprising in that functional priorities list were um, one IT and business alignment. And the other was IT strategy, governance, and operating models. So one of the reasons I find it interesting in particular, this last one is that with the CIOs, there seems to be this need in how they operate and how they're in, and how they're structured in order to kind of add value to the business. So I'm hearing a lot of these CIOs saying, "Okay, we're we're moving back to this. We we've been centralizing for so long, and we're kind of moving back to this decentralized way of of supporting the business, so we can remove these silos to create efficiencies." I had a I had a actually a podcast this summer with the CIO of uh, E and Y, uh, Bernard Michael, and he was talking about how he wants to integrate his IT team so much throughout the business that there's no need for a centralized function of IT, um, and and so I think the goal being that the business can move faster and more efficiently, so they can increase productivity, and of course going back to that other optimizing costs, it, it'll also help them el eliminate costs. Right. You know, I remember a Gartner report from many years ago about bimodal IT, where mm -hmm. one part of your operation maybe is focused on that functional part, keeping you know the lights on, the business apps optimized. And then you have to have another side that's looking at the innovations. You mentioned 
AI. I'm sure we'll talk more about that later. But back then it was, you know, hyperledger technology and you know 5G and all these emerging technologies that could then enhance or even create new business opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned uh, your podcast. I wanted to quickly touch on that before we dive back into yeah. some survey results. So you have uh, the next big question. You have 28 episodes under your belt. So you're ahead of me here. I've got, uh, th this is number 25, so congratulations. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you have guests ranging from chief data officers, CISOs, and CIOs. Tell us about the format of your show. I mean, I find it very intriguing. Like, is it really focused on one question and maybe some memorable highlights from some of the recent episodes? Yeah. Yeah. To, uh, uh, the next big question. So our Ivanta podcast was kind of born out of uh, the pandemic era <laughs> where we wanted to provide our communities with some insights while at the same time, speaking of bimodal and, and innovating, we were trying to change our business model and figure out how we're going to deliver our gatherings while at the same time, making sure that we're providing insights and, and opportunities for executives to learn. Um, and so we serve at Evanta. We have, like you said, we have all of these different kind of function, functional heads that we're that we're serving and creating experiences around. But oftentimes they don't overlap. So for the podcast, this is kind of the first thing that we have um, uh, gone to market with that allows them to talk about business problems and business questions from a C level perspective, not just a functional perspective. Uh, so it's about. 20 or 30 minutes of a conversation with me and, and a C-level executive. And I ask them, what's that one question that should be talked about at every C-level meeting? What do you think has to be talked about that, that, that is going to help drive the business forward? Um, so there's questions like, how do you prepare your board for the new SEC regulations? Uh, what's the C-level's responsibility and sustainability? How can enterprises remove complexities in order to increase the speed of change? And in me saying those questions, you wouldn't necessarily know what executive is asking. It's just a broad question. And then throughout the episode, we kind of talk, talk through it. Um, I actually, one of my favorites was just this last one that I did with Ellen Nielsen, who's the CDO at Chevron. She's extremely smart. She's really knowledgeable, especially in data and analytics. Uh, and she discussed why enterprises should use AI. So it was super timely, very relevant. She had a great background. I would say another highlight for me was talking to Kurt John. You might know him, the chief cybersecurity officer with Siemens. And he talked about being a technology leader and the responsibility that he has and others have to cancel out the noise that occurs in today's kind of overcrowded technology ecosystems. Um, and, and it's funny, I recorded him like more than a year ago. And I think that it would be interesting to kind of fall back and ask him what he thinks about that as far as AI, which is something that Ellen talked about in, in her episode where she talks about kind of this C-level's responsibility to do their due diligence around AI um, before they before they adopt it, so it was kind of like kind of a complimentary conversation that 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 was really um, interesting for me to have. Excellent, yeah. We can't help escape 
the AI topic, no matter where the starting point is. <laughs> the implications for IT leaders, for example, not just from a, a cybersecurity perspective, but you know, decisions around, are you gonna build, buy, extend what you've already been doing? You probably have a host of suppliers promising you AI capabilities across the solutions you already have. So then how do you how do you go about with procurement and doing, you know, the due diligence to make sure that data privacy and governance are a, a part of that consideration, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, cybersecurity and this is Zscaler, so can't help but dive into that area. <laughs> and it's a top priority for CIOs three years in a row. And the number one goal that you found in your data is mitigating risk. I see a figure 81% uh, came up. So it came up on top, beating out other critical areas like regulatory compliance and uh, improving resiliency. What would you say is the driver you know, for this outcome? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I can safely make an assumption here. Um, <laughs> Based on our data and conversations, I think I can safely say that growth is a driving factor. Uh, the CIO, just like any other business leader, is responsible for driving growth. Um, in this day and age where we're, we're kind of, uh, we're not necessarily digitally transforming anymore. We're really digitally excelling or accelerating the CIO is responsible for finding growth through technology. Um, but they're also up against a lot of outside cyber threats, as you know, being part of Zscaler. Um, and it they're increased in a digital environment. Uh, so mitigating risk to a CIO has to be important because they have to be able to remove those types of obstacles that stand in their way of driving growth. I, I would say on the other side of it, on the other side of their goals, there's also uh, their challenges within the cybersecurity topic. And we we asked the CIOs and their number one challenge that they said is this quickly changing landscape. So ultimately, if they can kind of stay ahead or at pace with all these kind of outside threats, they can identify these risks and then mitigate them where they can, then they're kind of removing the obstacles from the road in order to blaze a broader, more opportunistic path for growth, which is ultimately what their responsibility is. Is mitigating risk the chief way that they're looking at cyber risk as a whole? Or are they looking at things like say risk transfer, you know, to uh, cyber insurance providers and maybe even accepting or tolerating some level of risk as just part of being able to move at the pace they need to move to be competitive and successful. Yeah, that's a, it's a good way of, of thinking about it. I mean, I, I think that they have to get comfortable with, with risk. Right. And, uh, um, and so mitigating it is one way to get comfortable with it. I was talking about kind of growth being a factor. And I think there's also a need for increasing efficiencies and productivity. And you have to get, you have to mitigate the risks. Like I'm saying, like kind of, you don't get rid of the obstacle, but you move it out of the way um, in order to be really productive and efficient. So uh, I was thinking about 
this with as far as like the Gartner CEO survey, they had a, they have a prediction that by 2025, productivity will be a top five CEO strategic business priority. So knowing that the CIOs and other and other executives as well, I think on the C-suite, they they know that they need to create a more productive environment. So there's this increased importance for CIOs to create kind of a, a highly operational and fluid environment so the workforce can be productive. This means that data has to be available. It has to move quickly. Systems are open all the time. Um, organizations are adopting new tools faster, automation, AI, all of that great stuff. Um, so all of these things though, come with some sort of risk and they open the organization up to the opportunity of cyber attacks, but they can't, CIOs can't say, okay, well, there's this opportunity of cyber attacks. So we're not going to do anything. It can't be a dead end right? Where there's still a path ahead. They've just got to remove those, those obstacles and mitigate them so they can make a more productive environment for the workforce and for the enterprise. Absolutely. How do you do everything that you need to do from the, the innovation side, competitive side, and then ensure an optimal end user experience without adding too much friction with your cybersecurity controls, if right. any? Yeah, and that is uh, sounds like a perennial challenge. Given that breaches, you know, keep happening, there has to be a better way, especially when it comes to these new sophisticated, you know, social engineering attacks that are you know, increasingly AI driven, like deep fakes, right? Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned uh, AI and ML. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but in terms of the survey. We know that everybody needs to pay attention to Gen AI and traditional AI, if you want to call everything else within the umbrella of AI that. But one takeaway is that over half of CIOs said that their orgs are using generative AI. And that's it's pretty amazing. Um, you know, I'm sure in most cases it's chat GPT or other conversational bots, but it could also be image generators, video generators, code, etc. Is it the IT organizations that are using it or are we talking like any department in the enterprise? And what else can you say about this uh, study? Yeah, around? yeah. So yeah, it's definitely across the enterprise. In fact, Ivanta, like you said earlier, we hold gatherings for all these different C-level executives and the conversation, the topic of AI is being talked about even with our CHRO summits. It's on every agenda. And, and it's, and, and there's use cases in every business function, um, you know, not, not across the board, of course, but, but it's happening and um, our survey. So we surveyed all different roles and in particular within CIOs, uh, there were 53% of them that said that, that they're using generative AI, um, but we asked them, how are you using it? And, uh, and we had some, some typical, like you kind of said, some typical crafting communications, you know, uh, developing chatbots, but there were also some, some great, like, you know, kind of code development and analysis, automating processes. One of my favorites was developing policy, which, you know, nobody really likes to do. So why not, why not let the, the bot do it? Uh, I, I actually had your, uh, Jay was at, and some of your team was at the global CIO summit last month. 
And I was golfing with a group of about 10 CIOs. And one of them said to me, Liz, I haven't written a single email from scratch in months, which I thought was, was pretty fascinating um, and fun. Another part of the, the survey results that I found interesting is the concerns around generative AI uh, and the top two, probably not surprising to you at Zscaler at all, is uh, privacy and security risks around generative AI. So that's something that they're trying to figure out, you know, how to balance balancing those those kind of benefits versus the the risks that are involved. Absolutely, and we did see several months back some high profile companies that had some data loss as a result of using Gen AI, right? And that really created an extra wave of consideration for the protection around you know this new vector of, of data loss in addition to everything else that you already had to take care of. But, you know, I couldn't help um, notice that some of the headlines as of late show a little bit of a softening. You have this hype cycle, and I'm wondering if we're going into what is called the trough of disillusionment, if there is going to be a softening of Gen AI, and there's issues with cost for these data centers and how much data is available to feed uh, these solutions from the big you know, the cloud providers, GPU availability. I mean, it seems like we're going to reach a limit. Did any of that come up on the golf course or in the survey? I wouldn't say that I've had conversations with CIOs about it necessarily softening. I do think that they are very aware that it's changing their role um, and that they are going to have to treat this differently than say other technologies. Um, you know, there's a Gartner analyst that said recently generative AI will change the world faster than any innovation in history. Uh, Chris Howard, who's our, our head of, of research and has done a lot of work in AI um, over the last few months, he actually talks about on his a recent podcast that he published um, this, like you're saying that this kind of the hype cycle and the trough of disillusionment, what he's talking about, what he talked about is this really healthy level of doubt around AI in the market. And he's saying it's healthy because CIOs and other executives are raising these really important questions around AI that are necessary if it's going to be a part of our lives, which it which it is, it's going to be a part of our lives. And so we have to be able to ask these questions to get the most value out of it, but also to be really safe about it. So I'm sure we could keep going on the AI track for a while, but I did want to pivot back to the CIO role. I was listening to a, a Deloitte podcast about digital transformation and the show's host, Anish Patel, he also cited a, a survey from the company that revealed that over 90% of CIOs have additional roles. Those responsibilities go beyond tech. So we're talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, HR, and talent acquisition. You may have witnessed this trend as well over the last 10 years where they're really becoming polymaths, right? And that means that the traditional walls that define the role seem out the window. You know, it's not just about keeping the lights on and the data centers humming efficiently. And things are getting quite porous across the C-suite as well. You know, there's a lot of similar 
responsibilities across the different roles. So what can you tell us, uh, you know, with the CIO being in the spotlight ever since the pandemic, I think they got even more in the spotlight. You know, are you hearing the same trends, the same pressures to wear many hats? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, yesterday, Mark Crescino, who's a, a distinguished Gartner analyst, joined uh, a meeting at Ivanta, and he was just talking about how when he talks to CIOs today, he always advises them to operate outside of just their scope of technology, right? Um, and because it's important. Uh, for our gatherings, we have a ton of requests from CIOs other executives, to hear partnership stories to, and to hear from the C, from CISOs, CFOs, COOs, because they want to understand their expectations and how to best partner with one another. Because when they do cross over, when they do assume other responsibilities, um, you know, they want to make sure that they're partnering in the best, most effective way to add value. Um, you'll see a lot of of this at our CIO summits this year, because the CIOs want to talk about leadership and influence and not just from an IT leadership perspective, but from a business leadership perspective. Um, their scope of responsibilities is just, it's just broader. They're responsible for in influencing and leading, just like I said at the beginning, growth and change um, and really driving the direction of, of the company. Um, Chris, there's a, there's a keynote that's happening in San Francisco, I believe in the, right, the beginning of November and the CIO of us bank is going to be opening the day, um, as a keynote. And he's going to talk about how his technology team is helping drive an entire transformation of their customer journey. And so he, he's partnered with all of these lines of business and collaborated with product, with engineering, all these other departments to accelerate some really innovative ways of operating and engaging with their customers. So that's just kind of one example of how that's happening. I couldn't agree more. It seems like the trends now are business process, IT, and just the very nature of what your human capital is meant to do is all completely intertwined to then drive culture, business results, and competitiveness. It's, uh, it is quite fascinating. Yeah. So I'm gonna throw a curveball as a last question. What is the, the mindset or the attitude of a successful CIO that does ensure that the users are happy, the technology is delivered, the bottom line is enhanced, all in a secure manner? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the most successful CIOs that I have worked with, interacted with, heard from um, are those that are business leaders before they are technology leaders. And what I mean by that is there's there's a whole toolkit that the CIO should should kind of have next to them, right? As they're as they're in their position and leading their function. And if we define, say, 20 different uh, tools in their toolkit, I would say 75% of those sh should be solely focused on leading the business. 
And it can be things like, you know, negotiating skills because you're not, you're negotiating with your partners. You're negotiating with the customers to understand what they need. You're all these things that you're doing. It's leadership, it's communications, it's all of these kind of business skills. And then the technology, that stuff just comes naturally because they have that skill set. So, so those like, um, I think of Kelly Hamilton, uh, uh, the CIO at Sony Entertainment. I got to do a fireside chat with her in May. And she is she's created this environment where IT is a business enabler. They're not an order taker. They are positioning themselves, much like some of the other CIOs that I that I kind of mentioned above at US Bank and and whatnot. Um but she's she's distributing these teams that they're working together with the business. So there's kind of emotional ownership across the business to be a part of something that technology is enabling. Um, she calls them like pockets of accountability, right? And this is driving real business value. It's driving growth within the business. And she's doing that. She has a background as she has a background, she was a CFO, I believe. Right? She doesn't have an IT background. So she's doing this as, as a business leader. She's approaching it as a way to drive growth and value across the enterprise. And I think that's a really good example of, of someone that I have seen that has been really successful in their role. That's an excellent uh, response and is, is what I was looking for. It sounds like a leader that is charismatic, truly understands the situation that the entire employee base is facing and can take them on a journey, on an adventure, if you will, to the vision of the company mm -hmm. and its purpose is really uh, inspiring and hopefully more leaders follow that model. Exactly. Yeah. We've been listening to Liz Ramey, Senior Director of Content at Ivanta. You can meet Zscaler at an upcoming Ivanta event near you. I'll drop a link to a bunch of events that are coming up. And I encourage you to check out Liz's podcast that we'll also link to called The Next Big Question. Liz, any final words for our audience? Um, I, just, I just really appreciate you asking me to be on the show and I've enjoyed it. So thank you so much. Thank you for joining us and looking forward to doing it again sometime. Great. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the CIO Evolution. Check back with your podcast provider regularly for more episodes. You can find more episodes along with other podcasts on the CXO Revolutionaries website at revolutionaries.zscaler.com. Statements by Zscaler podcasters and guests are informational only and should never be construed as legal advice. You should consult your legal advisor on matters related to you or your business. Zscaler makes no warranties, express, implied, or statutory as to the content of this podcast, and it is provided as is. Content on this podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are current as of the date of the recording and subject to change. These statements are subject to the safe harbor provisions created by the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995. Full legal disclaimers are available at revolutionaries.zscaler.com. Copyright 2021.